KFI AM uh, 640. Bill Handel here on a uh, Tuesday morning, rainy Tuesday morning, February 28th. And, uh, yep, we just uh, keep on going with this uh, winter, rainy winter, and uh, some of the stories that we are covering, some of the top stories. Uh, the Supreme Court uh, this morning is considering the fate of Joe Biden's student loan relief plan. It has to do with how far, how much power the president has. And it's a pretty important uh, case, to say the least. Also, no surprise, San Bernardino County has now declared a state of emergency because the snow is trapping residents and visitors, and there's a lot of snow. We'll be reporting on that throughout the day. I have shared with you many times that as I do this show, I have uh, on the computer screen, I have a bunch of newspapers there, and I go through the LA Times and now the Orange County Register, et cetera, and two monitors up on the wall, one having CNN and the other one having Fox News. And uh, I enjoy both. Uh, and I've often said, Fox, let's say it's not really news. Do you remember when they first started, or I, up until 2017, Fox was fair and balanced? Do you remember that mantra? Yeah, they don't use that anymore. Uh, it's uh, news, and now it's uh, they admit it's basically opinion. We tell you what's going on, and we tell you it's right, or whatever uh, happy horse crap they throw out. And it's just... By the way, that's not to say CNN isn't, ba- isn't uh, biased. It is, of course. But Fox takes it to levels that are just delicious. Okay, lawsuit. Uh, Dominion voting systems, which are used throughout the country, uh, have turned around and, uh, no surprise, have sued Fox because Fox uh, and he, the, um, uh, the host at Fox uh, kept on, of course, promoting the fact that Uh, The election was rigged, it was stolen, and went to Dominion Voting Systems. Uh, Sidney Powell, the attorney, uh, Rudy Giuliani, outright said that Dominion Voting Systems were uh, were fraudulently counting the uh, election votes, fraudulently elected, according to their their vote count, uh, fraudulently elected Joe Biden, uh, or excuse me, uh, yeah, fraudulently elected Joe Biden and stole the uh, election from the true winner, Donald Trump. Okay, and uh, all right. So uh, Dominion sues Fox. Yeah, you're not going to hear, we're not going to take that crap. And so in a uh, deposition, uh, Fox News Corp, uh, the uh, chairman, uh, Robert uh, Rupert Murdoch, and he's in his 90s now, by the way, interesting guy, uh, admitted that those top hosts who kept on pushing the uh, election was stolen uh, weren't telling the truth. And more importantly, knew they weren't telling the truth. And the reason came up, and it makes all the sense to me. First of all, Murdoch is rejecting the Fox News, the organization. Uh, it actually uh, endorsed uh, Donald Trump's election lies. He goes, we didn't do it. These hosts did it. We never took an official position, although admitted that Sean Hannity and Janine Pirro and uh, a few others, uh, Lou Dobbs, kept on promoting the election being stolen concept goes, yes, they endorsed, but it's not the official policy. I would like, this is a quote. I would have liked us to be stronger in denouncing it in hindsight. uh, But you know what? Uh, That's the only mistake we made. I should have been stronger. We are not, we did not defame anybody. Uh, We uh, did not uh, say anything about dominion voting systems that would make us liable for defamation. 
And he went on and said it was wrong for Tucker Carlson to host Mike Lindell after the election over and over again. My pillow. Right. The election was stolen. I mean, this guy is a fanatic pro-Trumper. And Carlson just had him on again and again to promote the election being stolen mantra. And Murdoch admitted, why? Why did you allow all these hosts to promote all of this garbage? When you knew it wasn't true, <clears throat> here are the, uh, the emails approve it. You said it wasn't true. Carlson in an email said it wasn't true. Sean Hannity admitted that it wasn't true. Laura Ingram admitted that that wasn't true. The election denial wasn't true. That, in fact, Biden really wanted. Why would they do that? Ratings. I had often said, uh, I don't believe that Carlson and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram are this stupid. They cannot be this dumb. And in fact, they are not. It's nice to make 15 or $20 million a year if you're on Fox as a host and you've got to keep your audience. And that was, that was all of it. Our audience wants to hear this election was stolen and we're going to promote that. It's not the audience believing what Fox says. It's Fox following the audience. You want that news? We're going to give you that news. Fair and balanced, because we tell the truth. We're going to give it to you. And it doesn't matter if it's not the truth, because what's more important than anything else? And that is ratings, which turns into income, revenue, which turns into profit, which turns into, I don't fly in a private jet, Sean Hannity does. By the way, the nicest guy in the world, I've run into a couple of times, he's actually invited me to fly with him on the jet. I've heard he's a really nice guy. Oh, he's guy. a sweetheart. He's a great reputation. Oh, he's just the nicest guy in the world. Uh, Ron DeSantis, who is just about to announce for uh, the Republican candidacy for the uh, presidency, who actually, pro uh, in my opinion, probably, well, he's as close as you can come to Donald Trump. And I don't know if Donald Trump's going to get it. Because I think a, a lot of Republicans are going, uh, you know what, I don't know about uh, Donald Trump again, because DeSantis gives all of um, uh, all of the Republican uh, platform ideas. Uh, I mean, he's as conservative as they come. He just doesn't have any of the baggage that Donald Trump has. Although, it, it, very interesting guy, DeSantis. He really is. Uh, first of all, what he just did, and this is a story with him and Disney, the fight he's had with Disney, which he is winning because the governor has a lot more power than Disney does. This is in Florida. And uh, when Disney started building Disney World and uh, they were buying up all this land, they actually created their own county uh, effectively. Uh, they bought, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of acres, and it was bought secretly through various sources because the word was out. If, you, if Disney is looking to buy your land, can you imagine the price? So Disney goes ahead, buys it all, and now starts busy, uh, building Disney World. And... It was building stuff that was so bizarre that there was no building codes that existed. I mean, you're, you go to the Department of Building and Safety and you put in your plans for uh, Cinderella's castle. What inspector goes out and says, you're doing the castle wrong? You know, and who permits it? So what they did, among other things, is they created uh, their literally their own tax district 
and uh, their own uh, municipal, um, well, municipal law organization. And it was uh, the Reedy Creek Improvement District. It's its own organization, its own fire uh, department, its own police department, its own taxing district, uh, its own building, uh, building and safety district, its own zoning district. And it basically controlled everything. Well, DeSantis and Disney are getting really pissed off at each other. So it all came over as uh, the uh, Florida passing uh, the uh, Don't Say Gay Bill in March of 2022. The Don't Say Gay Bill says that from kindergarten to third grade, teachers are not allowed to teach gender identity, not allowed to teach anything regarding sexuality, particularly uh, don't even recognize that there are gay people out there in the world. And, okay, that offends a lot of people. Well, Disney happens to be probably, if not the most liberal major corporation in America when it comes to gay rights, one of them. And that's because if you look, well, you know, gay people are, uh, they have the reputation of being, quote, artistic. And you know why they have that reputation? Because they are. And Disney is chock full of gay people because, well, gay people tend to go into the directions of art, artistry. I mean, just all of it. It's just something uh, that just works. And Disney has been terrific about gay rights and has been terrific about promoting uh, gay issues. Matter of fact, I think Disney was uh, probably the first corporation that allowed domestic partners to have the full benefits as if you're married. This is before gay marriage was even in anybody's mind. All right, so with that, uh, the CEO of Disney, Bob Chapek, or Chapek, uh, doesn't say anything. The don't say gay bill passes in Florida, and you would think Disney would go berserk. Nothing. Crickets. Well, the employees of Disney, both straight and gay, went nuts and put enormous pressure on uh, Disney and the CEO saying, what the hell are you doing? So uh, Chapak comes back and uh, changes his tune. He apologizes uh, for not saying anything. Uh, and he paused all political donations in Florida to uh, all the Republicans from Disney. And um, he then went on a full um blast against anti-LGBTQ legislation, which is the philosophy of Disney. This is one of the things I just loved about Disney and always gave them kudos because they were one of the first organizations out there to say, hey, you know, there is such a thing as LGBTQ rights and we're going to promote it as much as possible. Also, Disney has great flowers. If you notice that at all of its venues, not saying anything. You go to Disneyland, a lot of really great flowers. So what uh, he did, DeSantis did, is he did away with that district. The state of Florida said, you're done with the Reedy Creek District and created a new district that oversees uh, that area. Matter of fact, uh, it takes that same district, doesn't just eliminate it, it just changes it. It's now the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. And instead of Disney corporate choosing the supervisors it's the governor who chooses the supervisors who now control uh disney and uh, let me tell you who the supervisors are right that control disney one is the head honcho is temple lawyer martin garcia 
Uh, he's a chair of something called Pine Hill Capital, private investment term uh, firm. Just happened to donate $50,000 to the governor's reelection campaign. I mean, everybody does. That knows him. Bridget Ziegler, uh, the wife of the Florida GOP chair and uh, co-founder of Moms for Liberty. Yeah, not a lot of LGBTQ folks in that one. Uh, a very conservative uh, activist group. Uh, she called critical race theory, whatever the hell that is, anti-American. Mike Sasso, uh, he um, donated over, and yeah, I don't even know why they make a big deal, $9,000 to Florida Republican candidates, big deal. But also uh, known as a close aide, close friend of DeSantis. Brian Ungst, uh, a Florida attorney who specializes in land use law, and he is the son of uh, the Republican, former Republican mayor of one of the largest cities in Florida, Clearwater. Ron uh, Perry, who founded the ministry The Gathering and is a champion of Christian nationalism, whatever the hell that is. Uh, so uh, there, there's a different sheriff in town. DeSantis is clearly running for president. He hasn't uh, announced yet. Matter of fact, the only person that's announced uh, other than Donald Trump is Nikki Haley. And then you have these Republicans lining up. If it's not Trump, it's going to be DeSantis. And he is doing, I mean, he's on a presidential tear. He is doing all of the PR necessaries going from state to state. Of course, the obligatory book comes out, I think today is when his book comes out. You'll see him on all the talk shows, all the news outlets. And uh, we're in, we are in to presidential season. And he's gonna, and he's not gonna go to Disneyland or Disney World. I guarantee you, he won't be doing that. Not a chance. Now, how hard is it to become a nurse? I'm gonna bring in uh, Tyler, whose uh, wife just graduated from nursing school. Uh, Tyler, how long was she in nursing school? Uh, two years, cumulatively. Okay, cumulatively. Uh, there we cumulative. go. and uh, so it was pretty tough, wasn't it? Very tough. Yeah, I mean, they really demanded a lot of classes. Let me tell you what your wife should have done. Uh, instead of paying the tuition, going to school, just throwing a couple of thousand dollars down and get her nursing license. Right. Get her nursing degree, and why is that? Well, it turns out that there is a scandal a brewing. And this actually came out of the George Santos scandal when, wait a minute, this guy's fake degrees. And how many people out there have fake degrees? You have no idea. Now, it can be all the way from, here I am, I'm applying for a job, or I want to impress you, or you're in a bar, hey, baby, I have a doctorate. Okay, all the way to nursing degrees, where nursing, nurses go out and actually save people and work in hospitals and clinics, et cetera. So the Justice Department just unsealed a criminal conspiracy and wire fraud charge against 25 people with the sale of 7,600 fake diplomas from three Southern Florida, God forbid, nursing schools. They're now defunct, 114 million bucks. And what it did is enabled untrained people to sit for the National Nursing Board exam, and 2,800 of those people passed and are now nurses. Not going one minute to school, but studying enough to sit for the exam. Uh, you can't do that, for example, uh, in medical. You can't be a doctor, for example, and sit for the boards and pass the boards and not having gone to medical school. They just don't let you do that. Uh, lawyers, it's a little tough. I mean, the, there are there are a couple of ways of doing apprenticing, et cetera, but it's almost impossible. You got to go to you got to go to law school. 
You have to go to nursing school to be a nurse and then take the boards, right? No, you don't. It just so happens that for some reason, nursing is the poster child of these scams. There is a guy by the name of Alan Ezel. He holds 65 degrees, one of which he actually got, an AA degree in accounting from Strayer University. Uh, The other 64 are fake degrees. Now you think, why would the guy do this? He's an FBI agent. And he's been involved for the last 11 years. He's just retired in hunting down these schools. And as part of his investigation, uh, he got these degrees. Pretty impressive to have 65 degrees, all the way from AA degrees to uh, to doctor's degree. And here is what Izell estimates now. Phony degree mills are now $7 billion a year in sales world, worldwide. And you know where the majority of those are? Right here in the United States. We have been a hotbed for these fake diplomas forever. Why? Well, we have a decentralized system for accrediting, for one thing. Schools don't talk to each other. We have more private little colleges and uh, and schools out there than any place in the world. You go to major com- uh, countries, they don't have private schools, or very few. Here, it's wide open. And how many fake schools, you know, the government, how many have they shut down? Remember the student loan fiasco where people were borrowing money to go to fake schools or to go to technical schools that had two students? Here is something that you may not know. Holding, getting, advertising for, issuing a fake degree is not a crime. You can get all the fake degrees you want. You just can't use those fake degrees to get jobs or to convince people because that's fraud. But holding on to them, I'm a clergyman, you know. Did you know that? I am uh, a reverend, for real. Uh, You can marry people. I certainly can, and I have. I am the right reverend uh, William Handel because I'm a Universal Life Church uh, pastor. Actually, again, I'm a right reverend. You can get anything you want. You just can't be pope. Uh, they don't let you do that, but you can be a cardinal. It's more money than being just uh, a regular pastor. It was 25 bucks when I got it. And how is that? Is that fake? Well, not no, not when it comes to religion because, uh, you know, who defines a religion in this country? Exactly. Uh, now, uh, can I use that? It's real. How about if I had a nursing degree that was manufactured, a diploma? Uh, that is not uh, allowed. That simply doesn't work. So how did uh, Ezel get his uh, 64 fake bachelors, masters, doctorates? Well, a lot of it he got uh, credit for life experience. They do that a lot. You know, you wake up in the morning, uh, you go pee, uh, you wash your face, you go have breakfast, that's life experience, and you get credit for that. Yeah, his first investigation was Southeastern University of Greenville, South Carolina, and that degree mill was run out of a two-bedroom house. And the proprietor actually invited him in to show all the files. Yeah, the guy, as soon as he realized that he was in trouble, he ended up killing himself. Oh. Yeah, Uh, so uh, that is not a big problem. But I got to tell you, it's, it's just one of those things, one of those quirks. And uh, the shame of it is, is there are, in this case, the nurses. That's the big issue that I have a problem with. 
nurses that are licensed. Now they did pass the they did pass the board, but they didn't have the experience. Uh, they didn't have the classes, and it's fake. It's fake. It's just crazy. All right, so much for that. Uh, now I want to point out something uh, that's happening in Utah. And I want to start with uh, the fact that this has to do with one crazy-ass judge. So please don't use this as a broad stroke. Uh, much like, uh, remember, there was uh, in, under very, very, very limited circumstances, uh, the lowest court will actually uphold a religious decision made by a clergy person on strictly religious grounds and uphold it as law. And that happened in one case, I don't remember what state, uh, in which uh, there were two Muslims that went to the um, uh, went to the imam who made a decision, and the court upheld it based on a matter of law. And of course, instantly, uh, the had a whole group of people saying Sharia law is going to be the law of the land. Uh, we're all going to be under the influence of the Quran. Our constitution is going to disappear. Kind of crazy. Well, much the same thing is happening here. Uh, that there is a judge who has made a decision. And he has made a decision based on uh, the premise of something called parental alienation, which unfortunately, this is the decision that is made, but it, it is accepted, like conversion therapy. Uh, you take someone who's gay, you can ungay that person simply by going through very heavy therapy, conversion therapy. Mike Pence, by the way, uh, was involved in that organization with his wife and organization of conversion therapy. So uh, this is a case in which uh, a mom and a dad are fighting over custody of the kids. Uh, the kids are scared to death of the father, uh, have accused him of all kinds of abuse, including sexual abuse. The uh, Utah uh, Department, uh, local Department of Children's Services have concluded this guy is a bad guy. And he went and asked for custody of the kids based on parental alienation, a concept that says one parent is brainwashing the kids to keep the other parent away. And he said... My kids are being brainwashed by my wife. I want those kids. So the judge orders the kids be returned to the father. In the meantime, he ordered the kids have locked themselves up in their bedroom. They're not leaving their bedroom. They're TikToking this entire fiasco, saying we're afraid to leave our bedroom. We are not leaving. Police are called out. The judge orders the, the police to physically remove those kids, break down the bedroom door, and grab those kids. So the police show up. The door is barricaded. The kids are going, we're not going with you. One's 17, one's 12, I think, and then there was a younger one. And the police at that point go, you know what? Instead of breaking down the door, why don't we go back to court and see if the judge is uh, going to reconsider this? And the judge uh, then made a modified order uh, after re uh, really uh, after he uh, figured out that he was an ass. But that's not the point. The point is that this entire concept of parental alienation is actually out there. It is being used throughout the country as a basis for custody, as a basis of using it as against the other spouse. Now, who is against this? Mainstream scientific groups don't even say it doesn't even exist. For example, the American Psychiatric Association. Uh, then you have the World Health Organization, uh, among other 
among others, have simply said that it's not even a legitimate diagnosis because we're talking about this particular concept and we talk about parental alienation. It's being viewed as a medical diagnosis. And even with uh, mainstream medicine completely denying it, it exists, it has not stopped courts across the country from recognizing parental alienation. Now, it has not gone so far as what this judge has done. I don't think there is any judge that has ever ordered the police to go in, smash down the doors of a kid's bedrooms who are barricading themselves, pick up the kids, and haul them off to see their dad. We'll actually put them in some kind of facility where dad can come. Now, the judge at one point got a little bit less crazy, and he said, okay, I'm giving the order, the father gets custody, but uh, the kids are going to be held in a neutral place with relatives. And he could only have supervised. Uh, he could only have uh, supervised visitation, uh, based with with someone obviously there from the court overseeing your child protective services. But and that but that's all pending a hearing. He has recognized parental alienation. He said this is real stuff, and now it's simply a question of proving it. And mom is going in and saying it doesn't exist. Here are all the medical groups that have said no, 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 no. And the judge is basically saying, I don't care. I think this is real. And the, and the analogy is literally to conversion therapy. You talk to Mike Pence and he will tell you, first of all, uh, we hate the sin, not the sinner. We talk about being gay as an aberration. Uh, that in fact, it is a disorder. How about the fact that every single major medical group out there says it is not a disorder? Homosexuality amongst us is perfectly normal. It is just a percentage of people that are wired that way. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Nope. It is a disorder. The Bible says you can't do it. And therefore, how are we going to get you out of being gay? Well, we're going to put you into conversion therapy which is kind of crazy because uh, what that does is uh, these guys, mainly guys, look at porno, look at gay porn, and then are screamed at and told how horrible it is. And it becomes very Pavlovian and it's just, and psychologists get involved. I mean, it's the weirdest crap you have ever heard. And it's dangerous. I mean, if this was just crazy fun, let me tell you about some lunatics out there. That'd be one thing. But taking gay people and trying to convince them there's something wrong with you, there's a disorder, that there's an evil aspect of you. And forget the morality part. Let's just go into the medical disorder part of being gay. And we're going to get you out of it by therapy. And here we have another one of those. Welcome to the world. I mean, it's just, you know, you ever heard, you know, 20 years ago, you would never hear of this crap. So, uh, what is happening when it comes to the workplace, right? I always talk about different workplace scenarios. And uh, one of them uh, that I talk about, of course, is uh, remote uh, working. I mean, we just do that. We just, whenever we can. Typically, and I've said this over and over again, uh, first of all, I don't understand the traffic of everybody staying home. It's worse than it's ever been. Uh, that's for starters. 
Second, I walk around here and I think the official policy, at least in the sales department, is uh, three days on, two days off. It used to be two days uh, on and three days off. And of course, during COVID, no one was here. Uh, as far as management's concerned, uh, Oscar, uh, you're Mr. Management. You're part of management. Sure. Uh, what is the the policy here in terms of? I'm here all the time, Robin. You know, she'll work from home a couple right. of days. No, but is there an official policy? No, no, not on our side of things. The sales, you're right. Uh, it's like a Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday that they're in office. Um, but the rest of us would just come in, you know, when we're in, as needed. Yeah, you go on, on Monday or uh, a Friday here. Uh, it's a ghost town. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, it's just completely crazy. Uh, even certain people I know that are on the air, most of us, of course, have to be here. Uh, but uh, there are certain people that are able to uh, work at home. Uh, I don't want to mention any names, uh, Jennifer Jones Lee, uh, that uh, work a couple days a week. Uh, you know what? You're going to take that back when there's an earthquake and this place goes down. And my house becomes the emergency broadcast center. No, that's true. I mean, that's that is legitimate. That's what it's there for. Except it can become and stay as the emergency broadcast center without you broadcasting there, and you could still come in, and it's still an emergency broadcast center. You do know that, don't you? Yes, but I'm testing. You can't just let it (laughs) sit there. You test two days a week, uh, Mondays and Fridays. Weird. It's weird how that's scheduled. Uh, yeah. Well, the point I'm I'm bringing up obviously is that we in America. We do remote work, more so than any place else in the world. Did you know that? And there's a a few reasons for it. Uh, One, we actually live further from work than almost any place else, particularly here in Southern California. We have distances to travel that are enormous. We deal with traffic like crazy, and it drives us all nuts. So who is not going to take advantage of not having to come into work if you can work at home, no names, of course, Jennifer Jones Lee, uh, <laughs> because, uh, well, how Jennifer, how long does it take you to get in? Um, like 45, 50 minutes, okay, that's and that's in the morning with no traffic. Yeah, okay, that's a schlep. Yeah. And uh, how long does it take you to get uh, from your bedroom to your studio? Uh, like four or five steps. Exactly. <laughs> and so there is a big, big difference. So that's uh, one of the things we do is we tend to work uh, from the house because of distances, because of um, the traffic here in Southern California. So now let's move to Asia and Europe. Uh, There's virtually no distances over there. People don't drive to work. They take uh, public transport. And so traffic doesn't exist over there, except trying to get on uh, to uh, a subway car, for example. Also, it's easier for us to stay at home because we have much bigger homes. You go to Asia, for example. Okay, first of all, the houses are tiny compared to ours, and it's multi-generational. You've got mom, dad, you've got grandma, you've got uncles, you have great uncles, and you have 46 people in a two-bedroom apartment over there, and the bedrooms are eight by eight square, you know, they're eight by eight, 64 square feet. We don't have that. I mean, if you've uh, been to Europe, you've been to Asia, and you've actually gone into someone's home, those homes are tiny. Whenever uh, tourists come here from those countries and they happen to go into anybody's house, and I have friends, uh, and I've made friends through the years that live overseas, Europe, England particularly, but some Italy, et cetera, they come to the house, they can't believe how big our refrigerators are. (laughs) 
They think it's a restaurant refrigerator. They go, what is this? They just live totally differently. Also, uh, a six-burner stove? <laughs> Did you get this from a restaurant? They're like, we have a hot plate yeah. on a good day. I know. And uh, uh, the ovens themselves, they wouldn't know a 36-inch oven if it beat them in, in, on, on the head. It's yep. like, wait a second, it's impossible. Double wall-mounted uh, ovens. They don't have uh, two ovens? They wouldn't even <laughs> dream of that. They have tiny little, uh, just tiny appliances and very crowded. So it's a complete different philosophy. And so uh, they they all come to work. They couldn't during COVID. It was a mess, but they all come to work. Also, uh, you know, it depends on, on uh, socialization. They socialize more than we do. You know, I mean, if you look at me, like, uh, okay, I'm an extreme. Uh, I hate everybody. I can't stand my family. I get that. So I don't talk to anybody. Uh, I'm just sort of out of the loop. But compared to, well, let me give you this example. Okay, when's the last time you talked to your grandparents, your uncles, your cousins, and that was before 9 o'clock this morning? That's exactly what happens overseas. It's just a very, very different philosophy. And... Here's something else. You go overseas and you use the word apartment. When we think of apartment, we think of a rental, correct? Yeah. They own their apartments and they're all tiny. Remember I was in uh, uh, Italy a couple of years ago and I always ask whenever I have a tour guide because I think of weird places. I always ask how big the places are where people live and how much money it costs. How unusual. And someone will say, uh, I live in a place that is... Uh, 70 square meters, and it is big. I'm very proud of the fact that I have a big, big place. 70 square meters times nine. That's under 700 square feet, and that's considered a good size. If you have 1,000 square feet, that is considered a mansion. That's why we do remote work more than they do remote work. Now, uh, I am a movie nut. And it used to be, before streaming really took off, I'd go to at least two movies a week, sometimes more. I was what the movie operators considered uh, a P1, a person one, a golden child. And I would, well, uh, you know, I'd bring my own food in because I got really tired of spending all the money. So uh, for those of you that go to the movie, here's just a a good one. Go to a um, medical supply uh, store and get one of those bags you know, that they use uh, and and put a tube in it and put and then just put uh, like Coke in it and the tube going up and uh, you can uh, save yourself $9 for a, a big cup of uh, Coke. You are so weird. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, so with that being said, I don't go to movies anymore and I'm not alone. Uh, the Between streaming and COVID, uh, and just in general movie theaters because they hadn't gotten very modern and they don't modernize them very much. People don't go to movies. Well, let me tell you, movie theater operators are going nuts and they have been for a while because as you can imagine, uh, especially during COVID, entire theaters shut down. They had to. There was no place to go. And then the issue, we got used to streaming and I've gone from going to two movies, sometimes three a week. I just sit home and I watch streaming. It's that simple. For a couple reasons. First of all, I drink a lot of that catheter-based Coke, and I will, uh, so I I get up to pee a few times. Do that in the movie theater, you've lost it. Put it on pause and go to the bathroom, you've just scored. 
big time. And so, and it's a lot cheaper to make uh, your little packet of uh, popcorn in the microwave oven uh, than spend $20 for a bucket of popcorn. So for me, it's at home. And today's TV sets are so good. They're so big. The sound quality is so good uh, that you're sitting in, in a theater, uh, effectively. I mean, I love it. So what are movie theater owners uh, are, are doing? Well, they're evolving. If you talk to the guy who's chairman of the National Association of Theater Owners, uh, Rolando Rodriguez is his name, uh, he said, man, it's all about reinventing. It's, it's like retail. You have to reinvent yourself. And here's what uh, operators are doing. And when I read this, I was kind of, really? Uh, they're, in, they're investing in uh, improving sound, picture quality, and seating. So let's first talk about uh, the picture quality and the sound. They are getting rid of their old technology digital movie performance or uh, movie, uh, what do they call movie showings with digital equipment. That's now old school. I mean, do you remember it wasn't too many years ago when it was real film and the projectionist would bring in those big cans of film and it took two or three and you needed two projectors to switch one over to the other and then came in the digital world and, of course, that was the end-all be-all. Well, guess what? That's now old school. Now it's laser-based equipment where the picture is far brighter, it's crisper, Upgrading the sound, although the sound in movie theaters are are is pretty good yeah. when you think about it. I mean, how much more do you get? Well, you can do better sound. There's better quality sound, and you and they pay a lot of money for this. But over time, well, just to give you an example, real quickly, and that is, um, you've got. And I was just reading this. Uh, you've got. And I have a projector uh, at home, so and that's kind of old. And I, a bulb, which costs buckets of money. And so the average theater owner gets a bulb, and I think it's uh, 200 or 400 hours. A laser projection is good for 20,000 hours. And so it saves money. The problem is it's really expensive. All right, so you have better equipment. You have better sound, better seating. Now, seating in movie theaters has always been a drag, uh, unless you have really wide, uh, you have seats with plenty of legroom, I mean, there is a world when you go to the movie theaters, when it's a crowded movie theater. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, pardon me, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. Uh, and I usually go past people if I'm in the middle and I go, excuse me, excuse me. By the way, I have a bladder the size of a walnut. So uh, you're going to have a rip-roaring good time uh, sitting next to me. Well, theater owners are figuring out people don't like that. So what are they doing? They're getting much better seating. Uh, to the point where even recliners are now a big deal. They have theaters. Uh, that's that's the other thing is in terms of reinventing themselves. You have movie theaters. There's one in Pasadena. I forget the uh, – IPIC. Okay. Uh, IPIC, which I've gone a couple of times. And they – I mean, you sit back. It's a recliner. I mean, it Pillows, is – Pillows, blankets. I mean, it is uh, just a neat way. And uh, how much? Way. And how much is it? 20 bucks? No, it's like 40 bucks a ticket oh, now. Oh, is it? Yeah, Amy and I just went. Amy King and I. And I think it cost us – by the time we got out of there, tickets, food, everything. It was like 160 bucks, 180 bucks. That's to see a movie? Yeah, that's date night for me and Amy. I, who's worth spending $160 on in, on, in this world? I mean, come on. 
So in any case, I, the one time I went uh, to those or a couple of times, it was a few years ago, it was 15 bucks. Oh, yeah. No, it's not that anymore. Maybe that was a uh, lost leader to get you interested in going. And then and then the other thing, so you've got seating. And even if you don't do the recliner seats, uh, movie theater, uh, the operators are buying just better seating. Mm-hmm. And now it, it obviously cuts down on the number of seats you put in. However, uh, I think they're talking to a core audience that wants to see a movie and is willing to pay more money. And not very much more money, but just pay more money. Okay, so that is uh, that issue. The last issue is, uh, well, two more issues. The food, they've realized that high-end food is a good thing. There's a hot dog, and then there's a lobster taco. That's IPIC. Uh, That's you get all that fancy food in IPIC. That works. And then they do special events. Yeah. They're using the movie theaters for, well, there's one that I was just reading about, uh, and... um, here it is, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, it's a chain. Uh, where is it? It's a chain here in Southern California. It's a small chain. Uh, and it's called Warehouse, and they only have two locations. Uh, they're going to open three. Uh, and they run promotions, offering margaritas with movie tickets, for example, in one. They have a special, uh, it's called Daddy Daughter Night. Now, that's a little problematic, not only in terms of uh, what it's called, but also I assume the police show up in numbers at these things. So you have to be a little careful with that. Anyway, we're done. Uh, 877-520-1150. I'm taking phone calls for handle on the law off the air starting in just a moment. Gary and Shannon up next. Gary, what are you talking about? Well, we're going to start with the uh, Supreme Court today hearing these big arguments about the student loan program, student debt forgiveness, as a matter of fact. We have Rupert Murdoch, we have Alec Murdoch, and we have the Heinz boat guy has finally been found. That and a whole lot more coming up. KFI and KOST HD2 Los Angeles, Orange County.